Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of fun and games too. How can we conquer another country without war? Part 2. Hi, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. Now, if you haven't listened to part one of this podcast, I recommend you do so so you fully understand what it's all about. Here, just a short summary. We're playing a game here, a sort of mind game. We're pretending that we are two leaders of the Chinese Communist Party back like 80s, 90s, and we're thinking, how can we conquer the great enemy, that is the United States, without war? Why without war? Well, because we're not as strong as they are. I mean, after all, even now in 2021, sure, we have many more people. We could put together a much bigger land army in, in China, but as soon as we start to send them over to America, they're going to bomb our ships out of the water, our transport ships, so that's not going to work. Sure, we have nuclear weapons, but the United States has many more. Sure, we have high technology. United States has better technology. So we can't beat them using a war. And as communist theorists and strategists have always taught, communism must rule the world someday. And you can do that through two means, either hot war, that is just go in and conquer other countries and oppress them and keep them under your thumb or under your iron fist, I should say, or you have to conquer them using soft means. You have to conquer them without them even being, without having them even noticing that you're conquering them. They're the two main ways you can conquer a country. Why must you conquer other countries? Well, because we have in the world totalitarianism. It could be communism, it could be fascism. They're two sides of exactly the same coin. The coin is called the totalitarian coin. Hitler, Nazis, what were Nazis? They were national socialists. What is socialism? It's the step just before communism, as Lenin himself said. In other words, you lead the country more and more towards socialism, giving good reasons why we should have a, a stronger socialist system, and then it's just a short leap into communism. Why must you do this? Why can't we coexist peacefully with democracies? Well, that's what countries like China, the Soviet Union, years ago, but that's what they were saying. We want peaceful coexistence, but that's what communists always have taught. When you're not strong enough to conquer them militarily, you preach coexistence. But the idea of peaceful coexistence really does not belong to communist dogma. Read some books about the history of communism and their strategies and their plans if you don't believe me. Uh, besides which, <laughs> it's logical from the communist point of view. Why is that logical that you can't have peaceful coexistence? Well, because the very, the very foundation of communism is about conflict, conflict, conflict. That's why they're always fomenting conflict in other countries. You have to divide and conquer. Remember that term, divide and conquer? You have to divide within the country you wish to conquer. You have to get them fighting against each other. You have to do everything possible to weaken your enemy. Remember that word to weaken your enemy. Now, why does the United States have to be our enemy? 
After all, look at the, speaking now from a perspective of Chinese Communist 2021, well, look here. We're making most of the goods in America. We're making a lot of money off their goods. Why do we want to weaken America? Why do we want to destroy America? Well, let me tell you why. Because America is the great beacon of liberty and democracy. I know you don't notice it that much now, you know, with all the censorship and such things. <laughs> yeah, they're learning, aren't they? That's the way you, you oppress your people, through censorship, through, through uh, taking apart the Constitution and destroying it one article after the other. That's the way you do it. But, but now let's, well, that's just more in more recent times. Let's see where that's leading. Uh, I'll tell you about that in another podcast where I think that's leading might surprise you, probably will. The reason why democracy is such a great threat for totalitarianism, and the reason why totalitarianism cannot plan to peacefully coexist with them in the future, is because of something that Chinese philosophers knew thousands of years ago. If there's one thing that's constant in the universe, it's change. What does that mean here? Well, let's suppose half the world were totalitarianism or totalitarian and the other were democratic. It's not going to stay that way. In time, things will become more totalitarian. For example, in 1930s, even the father of John F. Kennedy Jr., Joseph Kennedy, made a remark saying that the future belongs to totalitarianism. Not that he was a totalitarian, but yes, he had visited Germany. He had seen, for example, what had happened in, in, in Italy, Mussolini, dictator. He had seen what happened in Spain, Franco, dictator, in Germany, Hitler, dictator, uh, in Russia, that converted itself in the Soviet Union, dictators. Uh, Poland had a dictator. Dictatorship of one flavor or the other, right or left. And uh, the only difference there is a different economic system, basically. You know, the, the rightist dictators had a more capitalistic society like, like Hitler, and the communists had a a communist uh, economy, which means they were weaker for that reason economically. But their philosophy was really stronger. I'll get that into that in another podcast. But all the tendencies showed that the world's going towards dictatorship. Well, then after the uh, Second World War, things went the other way. And uh, democracy was imposed on Germany. It was imposed on uh, Japan. Uh, Italy had a democracy, very, very unstable, but it did. Franco, well, he wasn't such an extreme dictator anyway, and in the 70s he let the king take over, knowing that that was going to go towards democracy too. The, it was the great wave of democracy in one country after the other. Sure, many democracies were totally corrupt, but nonetheless, it was democracy. And when you have democracy, it's harder for communism to take hold or any kind of totalitarian system. So sooner or later, we're going to be in a world that's dominated by demo, uh, democratic societies, and that means by the United States, because that's the strongest democracy. Or if we, Chinese communists, don't want that, well, then we have to dominate the world. We can't just let things take their natural course, because people generally want freedom. They don't want to be oppressed, so they're going to be all for democracy. Even if they're sham democracies where the politicians are crooked and where the people are really being manipulated and elections are being rigged in country after one country after the other, even so, at least the people have the idea that they're free and they will have more freedom of the press, etc., than under a communist dictatorship. And people like the idea of freedom. So therefore, if we're Chinese communists and we want to dominate the world because if democracy takes hold in our country, we're history. 
because they're going to put us on trial, uh, trials for committing genocide, for all kinds of violations of human rights, and they're going to execute us. And that's the last thing we want. No, communism must take hold in all the world. That's the way we would think if we're Chinese communist leaders. But how do we do it? Because we have the United States as a democracy, even the great Soviet Union, it wasn't exactly our friend, you know, Chinese communists. There were tensions between Soviet Union and communist China years ago. But at least they weren't our open enemies because they're also communists. But then they get democracy too. True, under Putin, that's not maybe a model democracy, but it could be more democratic than a lot of people in the West think. I'll get into that maybe a little later or in another podcast. In any case, now we have the ex-Soviet Union, that's Russia and a whole bunch of other uh, republics there, and a lot of democracies. And even the corrupt democracies, well, okay, those corrupt democracies could go back to fascism, and then they're enemies of us, the communists. We don't want that. And then we have the United States, and there are enemies too. So now speaking from the standpoint of a Chinese communist like in the 80s, what do we do to defeat the United States? Because if we can defeat the United States, we defeat democracy in the world. What's that you say? You say, well, no, wait a minute, there's still Germany democracy and Italy democracy and, and Spain and France and the UK and, and Scandinavia and Africa and, and India. That that's, has a lot of people and that's a democracy. <laughs> no, my friend, you don't understand. If America falls, they're all going to fall like dominoes. You'll see how quickly. First of all, because there are already strong leftist tendencies, socialist tendencies in Europe. So they won't have to push that hard to go even further towards the left. Second of all, militarily, come on now. Germany doesn't even have nuclear weapons. France and England haven't, but, but they, they want to face us. And if America falls, it's going to be China and America against them. They have no chance in the world. We get America for the left, for the extreme left. Then it's China and America against the rest of the world. And America, with its huge nuclear arsenal and great technological possibilities, a huge population, then we go after Europe. Africa will fall very easily. I mean, it's so corrupt there. I mean, you know, what can you say? It's corrupt there. We just have to pay them off and we have them. And they're going to be terrified. India, sure, it's big, but we can get them too. Because when India has to face China and its nuclear uh, capabilities and America as well, Putin, yes, he's going to be a problem. Because Putin is maybe well, definitely one of the most intelligent world leaders, one of the toughest world leaders, uh, a man who knows his realpolitik, you know, practical politics. He knows what's going on in the world. His FSB, that is, it used to be the KGB, now it's the FSB. They know what's going all over the place. They know what's going on in China, what's going on in America. He's going to be a really tough adversary because they have more nuclear weapons uh, than we do. But if we get America, oh, then we're going to really outnumber them. And Putin's not going to be around forever. And we're Chinese communists. If there's one advantage we have over these stupid Americans and Europeans, it's patience, as I talked about in my last podcast. That was Hitler's great uh, flaw, his Achilles heel. He didn't have patience. He knew how to build up his country. He knew how to, knew how to seize total power. He knew how to conquer but he wanted to do it too fast and he got the whole world against him and he fell. He lost. But we have patience. And we're not half crazy like Hitler. I mean, he wasn't right in the head, let's face it. No, we can wait. We won't just set up five-year plans. We'll set up 50, 60-year plans. What's the advantage of that? Well, if you want to do a whole lot of evil things in one year, everybody's going to see through it. 
a little later in this podcast, I'll show you all the things we've achieved in America. I, I see him going back and forth in time for the Chinese Communist 1980s style and 2021. And you will see, you know, we can jump back and forth in time because this is a my, it's a game. It's fun. Just like little kids play. Let's play Star Trek. Let's go a few hundred years in the future. Now nah, let's play cowboy and Indians go 150 years back in, the, back in the past. We can do whatever we want. And you know, these imaginary or imaginative, I should say, mind games, they're very, very instructive. I highly recommend them in every area. You can get to know your enemies better, your friends better, the world situation better. You always must anchor that with real facts, of course, and with good, solid observations, Sherlock Holmes style. Uh, I've been doing this all my life, and believe me, you, you wouldn't believe the things you can come up with that turn out to be true then. Uh, in some other podcasts, I'll tell you how in 1986, I predicted the fall of the Soviet Union within a few years using these methods. How in 1977, I predicted that East Germany in a few decades would no longer exist. I was talking to some communists. They didn't believe me. They were telling me West Germany, that would be communist. I said, no way. I said, the communist countries are going to fall. How did I do that? Well, listen to me in these podcasts and you'll see how I did that. It was knowing certain facts, knowing something about history, and also combining that with imagination, knowing about human nature, what humans tend to do, the human weaknesses. In other words, you have to know something about sociology and history and philosophy and psychology and all these different areas. Uh, and then you have to have imagination on top of that. Granted, maybe some of you haven't gotten into all of these areas. I recommend you do, though, because it's amazing the things you can see. But once again, we're Chinese communists now, you and I, playing this game. And we're thinking, how can we take down the United States? Okay, we can't make all kinds of changes to influence them in one year because people are going to notice. It's just too obvious. We can't start a hot war against them because they're much stronger than we are. We can't do that. Especially after 1990 when Russia goes a democratic route. Sure, there was corruption and mafias you know, under Yeltsin, that drunk there, was bad. But then once Putin started laying down the law there, whew, he was a problem there too. So the first thing we have to do Let's be clear here. Our goal is to make America weaker so we can eventually take over America. That's clear. That's logical. We have to do that. Because if we don't get stronger and stronger, they're going to get stronger and stronger. And this stupid idea of democracy is going to get stronger and stronger. And they're going to take us down some, sometime. And we don't want that. We're Chinese communists. We have 1.4 billion people. Do you know in the year 1800, there were only 1 billion people in the entire world. Now there are 1.4 billion people just in China. In other words, for us Chinese communists, if everybody in the world drops dead, we're going to celebrate because we have 1.4 billion people. We just send out, you know, first of all, say half a billion Chinese to the world to bury all the dead bodies of the people who dropped dead. And then we take over the world. Then we tell our people, oh, you want to have more than one child per family? You can have eight children per family because we want to repopulate the world. Now, of course, there are limits there. Let's say our plan is to go back to the population figure after World War II was only 2.6 billion. Now there's about 8 billion over three times uh, the people that existed only a lifetime ago. Now, almost 8 billion, then 2.6 billion after World War II. Look at some movie from 1940s. You don't get the idea there weren't many people around. No, there were people around then. Now we have three times as many people, even more than that. So yeah, uh, most of the world could drop dead and we Chinese communists, as long as it's not us, as long as we're not the ones dropping dead, we're going to rejoice. We'll repopulate the world. 
Of course, then after we get to two billion, we're going to tell people now you only have two children and only one child because we want to keep it reasonable. Let's keep the world at, say, two and a half billion people. It could be just, you know, two billion people, whatever. As long as they're all Chinese communists, as long as we can oppress them all, as long as we have one world government, right? As long as we have one world government, say a new world order, one world government, right? It's a world government that we're going to control, of course. So how do we do all this? We can't do it all in a year, but we don't care. We're not like Hitler. We're not impatient. We're not some fool, like a half-crazy fool like he was or at least turned into. Sure, he was brilliant in some ways. Hitler was a genius in some ways. We hate him because we're communists. Speaking now, I, you know, I'm not a communist, people. This is just a game, remember? I, David Bolton, I'm not a communist. I despise communism as I despise fascism. But I'm speaking as a Chinese communist thinks to show you the logic of their thinking. And they think very logically, from their standpoint, very reasonably. Very cleverly, intelligently, logically, reasonably. Patiently. But in one way, they don't, they don't think this way. There's one thing that's missing. Ethics. They do not think ethically. Communists do not think ethically. You ever hear about in science how there's a big problem in science. We've achieved so much in science. Science is progressing geometrically. And yet ethics is not keeping up with scientific advance. We've, I think what Einstein said, that many, many philosophers and scientists have said that. In other words, we get the point, we, we have not just two nuclear bombs, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we have thousands and thousands, we get destroyed the whole world many times over. But have we really reached a high, high ethical level? No, people are basically the same ethical level they were 100 years ago. In some ways, they're worse. In some ways, they're worse. Because of the decline of religion, people aren't afraid of maybe burning in hell if they're evil. Personally, I don't believe in hell, but that's beside the point here, whatever I believe. Religion can at least impose some kind of ethical system on the people. So maybe some people, maybe all people don't shoplift then because, hey, I don't want to have to confess this you know, to the priest or I don't want to have to go to hell, so maybe I won't shoplift this CD. But if you're an atheist, you think, what the hell, I'm going to take the CD, right? Not all atheists shoplift. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if the two people, say the same person, uh, in two alternate realities. And one of them is a born-again Christian with the same genetics. They're like two twins, right? But in two realities. One is born-again Christian and they're Bible believers. They go to church. And the other is an atheist. And they're both open to temptation just by their nature. And the Bible will be, oh, I'd like to get that seed of money. I'd like to. Could I slip it in my pocket? But then he thinks, uh-oh, I might burn in hell for that. Or I'm gonna, I have to pray to God. That'd be a sin. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. The atheist thinks, what the hell? I'm going to do it. You see, see my point there. Uh, if uh, Voltaire, the philosopher, once said, if God didn't exist, it would be necessary to invent him. <laughs> and I'd have to agree, because it does inject a bit of ethics there, because not everybody's philosopher. If you're a philosopher, you might think these th things through ethically and come to the conclusion, we should be good people. Many atheists are good people because they have a good system of ethics, because they think these things through. But if you don't think it through, you think, what the hell? I'm not going to be punished in the afterlife, so why should I try to control myself anyway. That's a bit of an aside, but after all, in this game we're Chinese communist atheists, so why shouldn't we take a little aside every once in a while to understand a bit more deeply the mindset? But as I said, we as good communists, good Chinese communists, in other words, intelligent, patient communists, we're going to use the means we need to use 
to overcome the enemy. Democracy. Oh, how we hate that term. If we introduce that tomorrow in China, what do you think the result would be? Do you think the masses are going to vote for us? I don't think so. Because most families in China, they have memories of how one of their family members was, was just murdered, for example, or sent to re-education camps or oppressed or, or forced to give up their religion or sent to, sent to camps where then they had their organs harvested or something. Uh, my God, no, we don't want democracy here. We're going to be voted out of power and then the trials come and they're going to be executing us en masse. They're going to be executing thousands of us communists, right? We don't want that. No, we have to control them more and more. Hey, 5G anyone? They, they could ban our Huawei phones in other countries, but they can't ban them here. We're going to control every movement of every person with our point system. You jaywalk, oh, you get negative points because we're going to discipline you even to the little things like jaywalking because we need you to be sheep, to obey our every command. That's how we get our power. That's how we maintain our power. It's logical. It's reasonable from our standpoint as Chinese communists. You see, my friend, playing this game now. You see how much fun this is? This can be fun. Use your imagination. And everything's based on fact. The communists, how they plant, ever hear the term useful idiots? You know what a useful idiot is? Lenin himself, the great communist, coined this term. These are the people that are leftists in other countries. You get them to do your bidding. They don't even realize they're working for you. These are the useful idiots. And afterwards, if they say, wait a minute, Okay, we have a communist country now. We didn't want to go that far, but hey, let's, let's turn things back a bit. You know what happens to the useful idiots then that were helping your cause? They go off to concentration camps too. You don't need these people anymore. Hitler did the same thing. He had his useful idiots. Stalin had, did the same thing. Mao Zedong did the same. Oh, well, all totalitarians do the same thing. But of course, the fools in democratic countries, they don't notice that. And why not? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to reveal our secrets. I'm going to re reveal the secrets of Chinese Communist Party and of communists everywhere, totalitarians everywhere. Whether it's so-called left-wing, right-wing, it's all the same. It's the same coin, totalitarianism. You know, the fools and democracies, most don't even get that. These people, once again, I've slipped into the mindset of a Chinese communist, right? These fools and democrats, they don't even get that. They think, get this, my friend. <laughs> Sorry for my Chinese communist laugh here. They actually believe, <laughs> it's so funny, these people are so stupid in democracies, they actually think that Stalin, the communists, and Hitler, that they were opposites. <laughs> they think they were opposites. That's how dumb they are. They don't see it with two sides of exactly the same coin. They look at one side of the coin and see Hitler's picture. Then they turn it over and see Stalin's face. They think, well, that's two totally different things. One's really far to the left and one's really far. No, they're on the same coin. The coin is called totalitarianism. Sure, we communists, we further them in their stupidity. We say, oh, Hitler, Mussolini, fascists. Oh, Trump. Oh, he's a fascist too. He's just like Hitler. He's just like Hitler. He's evil. He's just like Hitler. We throw in like a religious word, evil, there, because we know these dumb Americans, so many are religious, right? So we throw in a word like evil, Trump, bad, evil. He's like Hitler, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> it's so funny. And get this, millions of Americans fall for it. <laughs> they're so dumb. They're actually so dumb. Once again, speaking as the Chinese communist, they're so, so dumb they fall for it. They think, yes, Trump. He's like Hitler. Hitler's bad. He's so far to the right. No, we have to go further to the left. And soon they've gone so far to the left that they fall right into our laps like ripe fruit and then we control them. <laughs> Don't you see how it works? 
I mean, for us Chinese communists, we've learned these things in our propaganda schools, especially for the military. You have entire courses. You can, you can get diplomas for this sort of study. Propaganda, how to take over countries with no war. We're total experts in this. We have perfected this. This is a fine art and a great science in communist lands. And the dumb people in the West don't even realize it. They think that extreme fascism, that's the opposite of communism. Yeah, we've trained them to think that way because the fascists, the people of Hitler, they were our enemies. Hitler hated us. He hated us communists because he wanted to rule the world. He wanted to do it his way. And he had to get rid of us. We were the Bolsheviks for him. He wanted to kill us, of course. And because he was our enemy, although we realize they're basically two sides of the same coin, right? But he wanted to rule the world, and we wanted to rule the world, so he was our natural enemy. So what do we do? We get the rest of the world to think, go after Hitler, go after, hey, don't go after us, we're on your side. Now, of course, people like FDR, they knew that we communists, that we were their enemies. They knew that too, but Hitler was the most dangerous en en enemy because he was impatient. He was their conquering, conquering, being more and more belligerent. So they wanted to take him down first. And right after the Second World War, then they knew that Stalin was a great enemy. Of course, our great hero, Mao Zedong, he didn't seize power until 1949. That's when communist China began. Right? But soon, you know, the West saw, uh-oh, now they're communists there. Well, we let them have it there in Korea, didn't we? They thought, after, well, after we send our minions in North Korea to attack South Korea, and then that damn, damn general, what was his name again? Now, well, you remember him, don't you? Well, it was Douglas MacArthur. Yeah, and he had to get into the whole thing, and he was brilliant, so soon the South was winning with American forces, and they were going into... Uh, uh, North Korea and wiping out the North Koreans, oh, weren't they surprised that we sent in a few hundred thousand Chinese? Then they got terrified. Well, it came to a ceasefire. They never beat us and we never beat them, so North and South Korea could still <laughs> coexist. Of course, that's not our goal as communists. We have to wipe them out. South Korea, that has to go. Japan has to go, of course. And some of the horrible things Japan did in China that's a fact, too. You wouldn't believe the war crimes they committed, and we haven't forgotten that, you Japanese. Oh, you might not teach it in your schools. Some of your politicians might still deny that it ever happened, the way you used our, some of our people for your horrible experiments in bio and chemical warfare. We haven't forgotten that, though. Oh, and you're going to pay the price someday, Japanese. Now we just do a lot of business with you. And yeah, there are more Chinese immigrants in Japan than any other nationality. Oh, you wouldn't believe what, what a percentage of those immigrants are spies or doing our bidding in some way. You wouldn't believe that. <laughs> you wouldn't believe that. Uh, I'm not going to let you in on that little secret. Because we Chinese communists don't want don't to spill all the beans, right? But, you know, I'm feeling a little, a little generous today. So I'm going to spill a whole lot of beans people out there. I'm going to let you know, as I said before, see, I was just stretching it out to put you on the edge of your seat, right? Just, <laughs> you know, it's like in the movies, you stretch the end out another 10 minutes just so that people can hardly wait to see how it, well, that's what I'm doing here. I'm going to let you in our secrets how we have just about conquered the United States of America in 30 short years. What's that you say? You're only 25 and 30. Well, that 30 years isn't short. It's more than my lifetime. That's because you're dumb Americans. We Chinese, we think in bigger time frames. We are patient. 
That's why in the end, we're going to win. Because you, you people want everything immediately. Oh, we want more of this. We want more of this. The government should do this. We want it within six months. You're, how stupid you are. You're like little children for us. You're, you're like the, the French philosopher Voltaire. Hey, we might be Chinese communists, but we learn from the others. Oh, we read history. We know the history of France and Italy and Spain, United States, of course, Canada, Mexico, Germany. Oh, we study German history like you wouldn't believe. The rise of militarism, the rise of pressure. We know all about these things. Oh, not that we want to have them as opponents. We're happy there's no Friedrich Wilhelm I, father of Frederick the Great, uh, a great leader of Prussia. Prussia wasn't the biggest country around back in the early 18th century, but it was the strongest country militarily. He knew how to build up an army. Boy, we're glad he's not around today, or we'd really have to have some opposition to face. But he's long dead. But we know his history. We know the things he did. We, we know history. You know, in our schools, in our Chinese schools, we learn a lot more history than you Americans do. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the things we've done in American schools to weaken you because it's all about weakening America. Once again, and this is standard communist doctrine, this goes back 100 years. To, to, we must defeat other countries because we must rule in the world because we don't rule, somebody else is going to and they're going to put us down. Logically, therefore, the goal is world domination. However, if we keep preaching this stupid communist economic system, oh, what did I just say? Stupid communist? They're two words that don't belong together. If you're a communist, right? I know. But remember, we're Chinese communists. We're smart. So we gave up this stupid economic communism. And I'll say it again, it's stupid. Because Countries that have economic communism are always weakened countries because economic communism does not work. Yes, I'm admitting that because I'm a Chinese communist. It doesn't work. And if you want to rule the world, you need a big military, you need a big army, you need a strong system. How do you get that strength? With money. But communism, economic communism, does not generate money. It does not make you more productive. Damn, all, all you Westerners, and when I say Westerners, I mean even Soviet Union. Because remember, we're Chinese communists, we're playing this little game, right? They're so, they're so stupid. Stalin with his communist systems in Poland, in Czechoslovakia, in Romania, in Bulgaria, etc., etc. The entire communist bloc, East Germany, with communist economic systems. The result? Western Europe was prospering like never before in history, and Eastern Europe was still poor, and even getting poorer in some case of some countries. But of course, since TV existed, radio, you weren't allowed in the Eastern Bloc in Europe, you weren't allowed to watch Western TV, but of course people did it secretly and listened to radio, right? And they knew how good they had it in the West, in Western Europe, in West Germany, in France. The economic level was so much higher and getting better and better because of capitalism. And they were staying poor. Well, we Chinese communists, we were looking to the West. We knew what was going on. We saw in the 80s that Russia was getting weaker and weaker, especially since we were so dumb to get into that never-ending war in Afghanistan. Couldn't they learn from the Americans in Vietnam? Hey, we're Chinese communists. We're smarter than the Russians were. They got into that never-ending war in Afghanistan that they couldn't win. No country could, was ever able to really totally dominate Afghanistan. They couldn't win, so they were getting weaker and weaker, more and more dissent, and they're spending more and more money. And then that damn Ronald Reagan gets into power in America. And what does he do? He sees the opportunity. 
Now we can make Russia, that is Soviet Union back then, even weaker. And we're going to start all kinds of military projects that don't want to keep up with this. have to spend more and more until they're going to implode and the Soviet Union will fall. And that damn Reagan, he succeeded in that. Oh, there are other factors too, of course. But hey, if Jimmy Carter won again, he would have wanted to negotiate more with Soviet Union and try to get along better with him. And then Soviet Union might still be alive and well today. But not under Reagan. He was too clever for him. Well, unfortunately, he didn't go after us too much because he was so concentrated in the Soviet Union. Uh, and after that, we had it a lot easier once he was gone. And then what does America do? Gets in the war with Saddam Hussein over Kuwait. Well, we understand why that Bush did it. And uh, we were, we were kind of glad too because it was distracting from what was going on in, in China, what we were planning. So now let's get to the goods. How do you weaken a country? How do you destroy a country? How do you take over a country without war? without firing any shots. And I'm going to tell you how you do this. So, we're talking now about 1990. We're skipping back and forth in time, playing our let's play Chinese communist games. You know, when I was a kid, we would play cowboys and Indians or World War II soldiers or something like that, right? Or maybe some that were in the Star Trek. Oh, let's play, let's pretend we're fighting aliens, whatever. <laughs> there are all kinds of games we play, but we're pretending to be Chinese communists, right? and how to destroy a country without war. Okay, you must weaken that country, first of all. You must weaken it by any and all means. And you must weaken it in a way that pulls it towards the left, towards the left, towards the left. If the country is just in the center, you pull it towards the left, towards the left, towards the left. Because the further left you go, the closer you get towards socialism. Once you got socialism, you keep moving it towards the left until you get communism. And then, then you can take the final little leaps to totally take control. I'm going to tell you how we did it, we Chinese communists. Perk up your ears for this one, because you won't be finding this description in many other places. Oh, it's out there someplace. But I'm going to put it all into, into this, the rest of this podcast. Uh, might have listened another 20, 30 minutes, even, maybe even more, but it's going to be worth your while if you want to understand what's going on. Okay, how do you weaken a country? Pull it towards the left, for example. And you see where the country is at the time. Yeah, there are people coming over the border in America even 30, 40 years ago. That was somewhat of a problem on the border. People would you know, just go over the Rio, Rio Grande. They would, they would get in any place where the border wasn't protected. And yeah, that was becoming a problem, definitely. How do you make that worse? Well, you do everything possible to make it worse. The more you move America towards the left, by the way, the further you go towards the left, the more, the more socialism you have. And the more socialism you have, the more attractive America is for people south of the border. I mean, think about it. If, if welfare uh, payments go up, if you get laws that would give uh, free health care, for example, uh, anything where people are given more money and the social net is bigger, that attracts people south of the border where they're not getting those things. Ah, you understand? But there are many other things we can do. First of all, think about a strong country and a weak country. Think of Sparta, ancient Sparta. Well, maybe you haven't read anything about that. Let me tell you just a short summary. That was a warrior state. That was really a warrior state. Kids at the age of seven were taken away from the parents and they were raised in barracks and they were trained to fight. And they had some kind of food, I forget the name of it, it was like coagulated blood because they wanted them to be strong, fight, they would eat you know, meat and they even drink blood and such things. You wanted strong fighters. 
you you had a state religion and everybody had that same religion you better not dare to say anything against it either oh that's a that's a rather formidable gun you don't want to go up against those soldiers now let me tell you no compare that to to the following type of soldier compare the spartan soldier totally disciplined totally patriotic you think the Stumper's patriotic talk to an ancient spartan if you go back in time someday talk to one of them what they would do for their country and they were trained from the time of seven kill kill fight fight there's a famous story we learned it when going back to my normal self david bolden not the chinese communist leader uh, i remember even a picture in one of our textbooks in school the spartan child warrior child they were trained to steal as well trained to steal why well because if you're behind enemy lines you have to learn how to steal but there's one sin you couldn't commit get caught and there's one story about how some young man child stole uh, i think it was a fox but then the, i think it was a fox and then, but then under his cloak the fox was tearing up his chest just clawing and biting but he didn't let on and he was a hero of the spartans in other words i think the animal might have killed him in the end but he stole that fox and he wasn't going to let on that he had stolen it and he didn't want to show any pain now that's a strong youth let me tell you that's a strong youth and i guess if they did catch somebody stealing yeah, they punished the, the person stealing, but because that was a warrior stealing, it wasn't being, the person wasn't being punished for stealing, but for getting caught stealing. That's how tough the Spartans were. That's how well they trained. Hey, if a baby was born, it looked kind of weak. What did they do? They carried it up to some precipice, like some kind of like mountain, and they threw it off the mountain because we don't want weak children. No, no, let, let, let the woman have another baby. We want strong Spartan children. That's how tough they were. Hmm. You think about that. A warrior state. No, we don't want the American army to look like that. Do we want the American army to consist of patriots, of religious people that are, that will, in other words, just there, patriot, religious person. Think about that from the communist Chinese perspective. Do we want to go up against such soldiers that are patriots and religious? Oh, we know religious is nonsense because we're communist Chinese. There's no such thing as a god. There's no such thing as life after death. And even if secretly some of us communists might believe that, we're not going to say it. No, no, because we are the gods. Mao Zedong is the god. We have statues of him around. You know, the Chinese Communist Party. That's the religion in our state. And thou shalt put no gods before us. Oh, no, you better not dare. Hey, Falun Gong people, you that are teaching pre- what? peace and harmony and you pray to some kind of divine behold we're going to round you up put you in concentration camps and use you for organ harvesting make a bunch of money on you and yes the chinese are doing that they are doing that do a little research the crimes being committed today by 2021 and for the last decades in, in communist china are horrendous my friend look it up but i'll go back into my persona as the chinese communist we don't want to face an american army that consists of patriots that love America and that have a God, Jesus Christ or, 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 or even Allah. We, you know, we don't want that. Why? Because those soldiers would be willing to die for their country, for their constitution, and for their God. Hey, these are almost like Spartans. We don't want to have to face them. We want our soldiers to be tough. Yeah, but we want their soldiers to be weak. 
We want their military structure to be weak. It's about weaken, weaken, weaken. You get it? So what do we want? Okay, now we're Chinese communist leaders decades ago. And you and I just, you know, over a beer or whatever, or whatever alcohol they drink in China, uh, rice wine, <laughs> we're sitting there musing, okay, how can, we, how can we weaken the American military? And maybe we're military guys ourselves. And, okay, what would be the ideal? We don't want to face, oh, patriot, religious patriots? No, 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 no. Spartanic soldiers? No, we don't want to face it. What would be ideal? Okay, okay, I say, uh, how about this? How about a military where there are many more women in the military? You say, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea because if I had to fight, especially against the hand-to-hand -hand combat, I don't want to go up against like a, you know, like a Rambo type or a Schwarzenegger type. I'd rather go up a woman. Maybe it's a strong woman, but she's not going to be like Schwarzenegger, you know, Terminator, no way. Okay, so we have to do things to see to it that America has more women in the military. And what else? And let's see, then you say, oh, I got it. What's that? How about a lot more gays in the military? <laughs> and I burst out loud and say, well, you know, they're gays in our military, but they keep it secret, and they better damn well keep it secret. Yeah, how about not just gays in the American military, but they could even come out of the closet, because that's going to ruin the morale of the others, especially those religious fools, right? The patriotic religious people that have been taught that, you know, gay, well, that's something questionable, you know, because it goes against the Bible. Yeah, then they're going to have conflicts among themselves, and that's going to weaken them. They're going to have conflicts, you get it? The real manly, these stupid Rambo types. They're going to see what? Open gays in the military, and then they're going to be kind of gossip. They might get into fights. They, they might be discontent. But then we're going to. It's good if we have some leftist officers to say, no, you have to. You have to accept these people. Hey, I know something else. In the far distant future, we're talking now, 1990. How about if we have high-ranking American officials talking about? things that are necessary in the military. And I say, oh, no, wait, <laughs> no, maybe we shouldn't have them talk. No, 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 I mean, maybe a real leftist president that, that stresses things like, hey, uh, the military should make special jumpsuits for parachutists that happen to be pregnant women. How about that? <laughs> and I laugh and say, come on now, nobody's be stupid enough to do that. Say, yeah, who knows, dreaming now in 1990, maybe someday we'll have a president that's either so far to the left or so much in our pocket. Oh, that's another theme here that we can get them to say and even show images. Yes, we made special suits for women in the military that happen to be pregnant. Oh, I say that's a good one. Hey, I say, I wouldn't mind if we go up against the military in the battlefield and, you know, a whole bunch of pregnant women among them. I don't think they can run too fast. <laughs> we both get a good laugh out of that, right? And this is back in 1990 talking about these things. Of course, for our minds, we would be half drunk now. And some of these things we'd be saying like the, like, you know, putting in the news, we want our military to make, you know, battle, battle uniforms for pregnant women, you know, stuff like that. That just is a joke for us. We could never imagine it could actually come to that in the year 2021, which it did a month or two ago. Biden <laughs> said something like that, right? But at that time, we'd have no idea we'd go that far. But we're, yes, imagining we're just daydreaming now over, over a good rice wine or whatever they drink there, as I said in 1990, thinking someday we get the American military to not be so patriotic, they're all moved to the left, to get maybe a whole lot of, of immigrants, you know, I don't know, they're not the typical American type, well that would be good too, get a whole lot of spies in there as well. If we get people that are atheists, they don't believe so much in religion, uh, all of that, yeah, then, and, and a lot of women, a lot of pregnant women, a lot of gays, boy, that's sure going to weaken their military, isn't it? Oh, we're not going to do that in our military. So we're going to have women. We're going to have tough women there. 
no doubt. We don't want openly gay soldiers, stuff like that. We want, we want tough women there because we recognize that women can be good fighters. Of course they can, and they can fulfill certain roles. But we want to exaggerate that, that in America, right? We'd like America to have a whole bunch of women cops as well. Because if the cops in America look like George Foreman, the boxer at his best, what was he, like 6'4", whatever, he was a total powerhouse. Well, a cop like that goes into a bar to settle a fight and everybody looks at, whoo, I better calm down. But if it's a woman, you know, maybe 5'7", and she doesn't look too strong, well, she's going to have to pull her gun a lot more often because they're going to walk all over her. She can't just push them off or punch them in the face because they'll kill her, right? So she has to pull her gun more often, which means she's going to be shooting more people. And a lot of those people might be black people because of the high crime rate, and then we can turn it into a racial thing too. Well, that's another thing we have. Let me go, let me go down the list of other things we can do going back to 1990, to weaken American society. Okay, talked about the military thing, how to weaken the American military. How about drugs? How about if we get involved in the international drug trade? How about if one day we can produce drugs in China and get them imported into America, well, of course, through drug cartels, etc., and we can get so many drugs of a certain type in America that theoretically could kill off the entire American population? And you say, we're once again 1990 over our drink. You say, I don't know how we can do that. But guess what? Recently, going back to 2021 now, they made some kind of a drug bust. I forget how many months ago that was. And they found fentanyl. I believe it is pronounced fentanyl, not fentanyl. I think it's written N-Y-L. Fentanyl produced in China in a quantity enough to kill off the entire American population. Imagine that. Chinese producing these drugs, getting them smuggled into America, and why do they do that? Because the more drugs are in America, the more drug addicts you have. Is that a strengthening influence in American society? I think not. I think not. Suppose we can get, for example, in the poor areas, suppose we get a high percentage of drug addicts or at least drug users, people that aren't thinking about improving themselves, reading more, getting a better education, joining the military. No, they're just worrying about their next fix. That's going to weaken American society, isn't it? And we're going to achieve that. We're going to achieve that. And if we don't do it, maybe the CIA will. Maybe they'll get some drugs in those black communities. Because, of course, remember the coin I mentioned? Totalitarian coin. Communism on one side. Fascism on the other. It's the same thing. We, as very smart, learned communist Chinese, we know that democracy is the main enemy on the one hand. Because it's spreading like a cancer throughout the world. We have to get rid of that. But we know there's another danger. We know historically that democracies always descend into chaos and they turn into dictatorships. Read your history. There are reasons for that I won't get into in this podcast. I'll explain that in another podcast why this always is and why it's all practically inevitable. But we know as Chinese communists, once a country, once America eventually descends into chaos and we want to push it in that direction, don't get me wrong, but it can go one of two directions. It can go then either chaos that turns into fascism or chaos that turns into communism. In other words, chaos that turns into totalitarianism, dictatorship. But we wanted to be the communist dictatorship. The fascists wanted to be, well, a fascist dictatorship. It's the same thing that happened in the 1920s, early 30s in Germany. Democracy had descended into chaos because of economic problems in great part. Weimarer Republic, the, the Weimar Republic there, read about it. It descended it totally, ec the economy was totally ruined. I'm not talking about recession, I'm talking about total economic crash. 
So democracy had descended into chaos. And it was only a question. Is it going to go the right or the left? In the end, you go on the earth. You keep traveling right and your friend keeps traveling left and you meet on the other side. The other side, politically, is called totalitarianism. It's the same thing. Whether it goes to the right or left, it ends up with the same thing, totalitarianism. We as communists want the communist rulership of the world. Fascists want the fascist rulership of the world. But it's the same thing. The losers are the people because they turn into sheep that are totally dominated. They turn into slaves of the system. But we want them to be our slaves, and the fascists want to be their slaves. So we have a common enemy that's democracy. That's why in the 20s, early 30s, sometimes fascists and communists collaborated. They hated each but they collaborated. Because they both want to lead society towards the ultimate collapse of democracy. And each side thought, well, we're going to win in the end. In the end, the communists lost that battle. The fascists won, they started killing the communists. If the communists won, they'd start, they would have started killing the fascists. You see, my friend, how this works. That's not a secret. Any historian can tell you this, but unfortunately, most people have better things to do than read history. You know, like hang out on Facebook and put up yet another picture of themselves having an, a coffee with a friend or something, right? That's more important than studying history, right? And we Chinese communists, we laugh about that. You ever look at the statistics on school grades in America? What group has the lowest and what group has the highest school grades? The group with the lowest are American blacks. Well, because we succeeded in turning a lot of them into drug addicts and they're poor anyway, you know. Uh, but the whites, well, their grades aren't the highest. No, it used to be back in the 50s, yeah. American school grades were the highest in the world. Now they're like number 17 in the world, number 20, number 22, depending on whether it's math or science. America doesn't lead the world in any area anymore in grade school, high school, as far as Marx is concerned. No, we've achieved that, we communists. The standards in America have gone down, but there's one group in America that where the children do get good grades and they're Asian Americans largely Chinese Americans because we Chinese whether we're communist Chinese or nationalist Chinese those damn Taiwanese that we're going to beat why would you, you just wait see what happens see the plans we have for those folks over there in Taiwan but they study a lot too because Orientals in America well in, in the Far East too Japan China a lot of Chinese, uh, Japanese students, they don't just go to school and, and then study afterwards. Their parents make them go to extra schools in the evening just to get even better in school. Imagine that in America. Imagine if your parents said to you in America, well, now after you do your homework three or four hours, you're going to go to school at seven for extra classes we're paying for. They would say, what? We're not doing that. I think kids would start killing their parents if they did that. But the Japanese, a lot of them do that. Hmm. So Asian Americans, they're the ones, there's some kind of high school, I think it was Thomas Jefferson High School in Virginia, one of the best technical highs in, in the United States. And guess what? 51% of the kids there are Asian Americans. Whites, I think, are only like 17%, and blacks are like 1%. So now you see who's really studying. No, the whites don't dominate there intellectually. It's going to be the Asian Americans. And you wouldn't believe how many spies do we, we communists have among them. You wouldn't believe how many. No, it's not 90%. Most Asian Americans in America are unfortunately good Americans. And there are many there, millions there, that hate us communist Chinese. Many of their uh, uh, parents or grandparents escape from the communist Chinese. They actually hate us. No, they like the Taiwanese. They support Taiwan. They send some of their hard-earned money to Taiwan to support the free Chinese in Taiwan, and they hate us communists. We're going to deal with them. But there's a good percentage. I'm not going to tell you how many, whether it's 1%, 2%, 3%, but there's a good percentage, a good number, I should say, of spies there. They pretend to be against us. Oh, but they're not. Oh, they're in universities. 
they're, they're you know what just in universities this came out in the news so I can tell you I'm not really a big secret here there are a couple of cases where some professors and American universities were thrown in jail because they received huge bribes from some of their students that were Chinese communist spies saying well professor we would like this technology too in China uh, it's not really legal but hey, if we gave you $200,000, would you give me that? And professor thought, we'll have to pay off my mortgage. Well, yeah, I guess I could do that. You see how we work? And there are other cases that haven't even come out yet, but, oh, they, they will. Maybe some have. I haven't been following the news so recently. Uh, I, Chinese communists, I mean, I can't know everything. I might be smart. I might be even wise, as communists go. Might be totally unethical, as communists go. And diabolically clever, even, as communists go. But I can't know everything, right? I know a lot more than you fools in America, let me tell you that. Well, we use our honeypot technique too, of course. We send over, like, Fang Fang, I think I mentioned her, with that Swalwell in California, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of those girls around, and boy, they're pretty. Gee, they're pretty. I hate to see them leave China, actually, because some of these are real beauties, and you wouldn't believe the things you can do in bed. Well, I can tell you some stories, but we don't want to make this X-rated here. Well, anyway, these girls, that, that they're willing to do anything for the party. <laughs> Boy, have we brainwashed them. Uh, they'll do anything for the party. And they know how to party, let me tell you. And they're in some of these universities. And if there's some professor that happens to know some, some secrets, maybe, government secrets, he's collaborating in some government projects. <laughs> Boy, these girls know the arts of seduction you wouldn't believe. Aphrodite, she's nothing compared to these girls, let me tell you. And so that professor, maybe he's even aging, 50-55, has solid family structure. Boy, we hate solid family structures, let me tell you. There's only one, one real family communist China, and that's the Communist Chinese Party. The family, no. Okay, we want people to have mother, father, children, okay. But, but all under the auspices of the Chinese Communist Party. This idea of family first, forget that. No, it's the party first. But getting back to the other type of party, some aging professor, and soon there's a young, beautiful, 22-year-old grad student, and she speaks perfect English, and she's so nice, and she, she said that her parents came from Taiwan. They hate communists, so why not believe her, right? She said, look at her figure. Oh, how could you not believe such a goddess, right? And she smiles at you in a special way, and before you know it, you're in a hotel room with this girl, and I won't, I won't tell you things that happened there. And I won't tell you things we have on tape because we're filming. We have these little tiny video cameras in every corner of that room and the bathroom as well. And all, all kinds of recording devices. And then one fine day, she talks to you and says, Oh, Professor, you know, I'd really be interested in that technology. You didn't want to tell me because it's connected government things. And, and I'm just so curious. Couldn't you let me know what the formulae there are? What, how can I really understand this at a higher level? He says, Well, you know, Fang, Fang Fang Tu or whatever her name has, happens to be. You know, you know, I love you, and I, I know you love me, and and uh, and and we have to keep our tryst secret, you know. But I would really like to tell you, but I really can't because I I signed the agreement with the government. And she said, "Well, professor, I I hate to tell you this, but well, you know, let's get really turned on. Now, let me show you really a really hot video. Okay, let's watch." And he turns on his cell phone, but but soon he doesn't feel too hot at all because he's the star of that video. What? You filmed us? Yes, I hate to tell you this, but. <laughs> I'm working for the Chinese government, Taiwan, no, not Taiwan, the other one. Oh, my God. Well, that professor is not going <laughs> to be too sexually active that night, is he now? 
but he's going to spill the beans to her because if he doesn't, first of all, his marriage is ruined. Uh, his kid's going to hate him. And then when she says, yes, and by the way, uh, uh, once I give this to your government, uh, what's going to happen to you? Well, his entire life could be ruined. So they've recruited him. And this the method, I mean, this isn't anything new. Matahari in the First World War, I mean, come on now, this isn't anything new at all. This was before communism, but the, communism, the communists have raised this to an art form and a total science, especially with modern technology. So yes, the honeypot trap. Sometimes you get them with bribes, and if you can't get them with bribes, you get them with blackmail. And decades ago, the Chinese communists, we good Chinese communists, why we have planned just the things we're going to do using that technique, well, introducing drugs into America, weakening their military from within, getting their secrets, using spies, but there are a host of other things we do as well that you wouldn't, practically wouldn't believe. Uh, let me tell you some of those things. And if you want to stop, go to the bathroom, listen to the rest tomorrow, fine. I'm just going to keep talking because I'm in revelation mode here. You don't want to miss these things. Okay, other things we have to do. Infiltrate even more the unions. Communists have always infiltrated unions because unions are more leftist. You get your people in there. And the unions are always going to fight for social justice and for higher pay. Well, the more the factories have to pay to the workers, the less they can produce. The less they can produce, the weaker society is. Ah, you see how that works? You don't have to be a genius to understand it, but you wouldn't believe how many dumb people are in America and other in European countries. They don't get it. All they hear is higher minimum wage, higher minimum wage, or all they hear is higher pay for factory workers, share the wealth. And it seems, it sounds so fair. It sounds so fair. Ah, sometimes it could even be fair. Really, actually, it's not fair. I can go into that in other podcasts. What that does to society as a whole you double the minimum wage, you wouldn't believe the negative effects it has, but let's not get into that here. Uh, just the union thing, taking more money from those evil rich bosses of yours, you know, the ones that created your job in the first place, uh, but they're evil because they're making so much money, right? Oh, why can't they make just as much as we do? Well, if they can make just as much as you do, fool, uh, <laughs> then maybe they wouldn't have a factory in the first place and you'd be out of work. Right? Maybe they would have taken all the money they had to invest and thought, I'm going to go live in, a, in an island, not, not make any factories. I don't want to pay all these taxes. Ah, but it's good if, if they did that because that also weakens society. See, we win. We communists win one way or the other. We overtax companies, like factories, for example. We overtax them. We have unions that are stronger and stronger. We make them pay higher and higher wages. We have more and more regulations because then they have to pay more money to comply with the regulations and they have less time to be productive. So in other words, the productive capacity goes down and down and down, which weakens American society. Bingo, we win. Or some of these factory workers, uh, factory owners, they think, I'm just gonna get out of this rat race. I'm not making as much money as I used to. I'm just gonna retire with the money I have, sell the factory, retire. Well, then they're not producing at all. So then we win as well. It can go one way or the other. But you see the advantage for us, we have to strengthen the unions. We have to get the minimum wage up as high as possible. But then once the, imagine this, once the minimum wage is raised, even doubled, imagine minimum wage say 750, but the factory worker is making $12 and he's proud, he's been working for years, so he doesn't make just minimum wage anymore, he makes say 1250, right? And he's, well, he's somewhat specialized, well, I'm making more than minimum wage, but then minimum wage is doubled to 15. And what does he think? He's not satisfied anymore. 
thinks, what? I'm making less than, oh no, I have to make at least minimum wage, so now I'm getting minimum wage again. So some new guy comes in to sweep the floors, he gets 15 bucks, and I've been working here for five years, and I'm only getting 15 bucks. He's not happy, so we have to, you have to raise his wage too. I have to raise it to 20. So the factory owner has to pay even more money so he can produce even less. Right? You see how it works? So production, let me tell you, a country is only as strong as its production capacity. That's the, one of the big secrets here. Write it down, memorize it. A strong country is one that produces. America was the greatest producer in the world, in world history. Hey, talking as a communist back in the late 80s and 90s, we China, Chinese, we were only number 12 in the world list. We were a huge country. But other countries were outproducing us, and we want to change that. So first step, we move away from economic communism, not totalitarian government communism. No, no. We move away from economic communism. And we introduce capitalism because that furthers production. And we want to become the producers for the world because then we're going to become rich. What have we achieved? Well, from 1990 to, I think it was about 2005 or 6, we went from number like 11 or 12 on the list, GDP in the world, to number 2. Imagine that, a jump of 10. We were second only in the United States. And by 2010, we were producing, our GDP was a little over 40% that of the great United States. But if you think that's great, by 2020, 10 short years later, our production was over 60% that of the United States in only 10 years. And yes, we're on track to, to surpass the United States, the great United States. We had the plan until 2050. But we see, then we saw, we could, hey, we could do it by maybe 2040. But it got even better. All the other techniques we were using were working so well. Oh, but I'm jumping the gun here. Let's get into some of these other techniques. TV and movies. TV is great, right? I always loved TV from the time of a child, speaking as an American now. And we in China, well, yeah, we let people watch some TV. Of course, we censor, 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 censor. Uh, we want government propaganda all the time. The idea would be like in North Korea, okay, with those guys, it's kind of overkill. Uh, some guy who left North Korea, he was an American soldier, but he, and he decided to live in North Korea, married a North uh, Korean woman, and when he was old, they let him leave. Then he said what it was like there. You had to have a radio uh, speaker in your living room, have it on all the time. Maybe when you sleep, you could turn it off. I'm not sure about that. All day. And it was spouting off communist propaganda the entire day. And you were not allowed to disconnect it or turn it off. Boy, that's a propaganda machine, isn't it now? Well, in China, they didn't do that to my knowledge. They didn't go that far. But then those Koreans, North Koreans, boy, they're pretty extremist, aren't they now? Even for communists. They didn't do that in, in China, but yeah, they have TV, movies, etc. But all party lines, all propaganda. So let's do that in America too. My Chinese communist friends, speaking about 1990, let's infiltrate the movie industry more and more. Hey, let's buy up great parts of Sony, right? Let's get in the industry. Let's see to it that, that, in, some, that in some movies were maybe, well, what was the movie with Tom Cruise? Where he's a fighter pilot. I don't think I saw it. I think originally had some kind of sticker on it, some kind of anti-China thing. Well, let's see to it that in, in, in a later version of that movie, we say to Hollywood, oh, you can't put anything anti-Chinese there. And so they obey our orders because we own so much of their industry. 
Yeah, Chinese have, have done that. And the more money we make, how do we make money? How, oh, we have capitalism now. Hey, we have cheap workers. Let's offer the world that they can host their factories right here in China. Ooh, and you say, speaking as a Chinese communist leader in 1990 or 1980s, oh, they might not go for that because we're communists after all. Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to crack down on any corruption here in China. If any business leader, and the business all connected to the Chinese Communist Party anyway, where everyone's corrupt, we're going to put them against the wall and have them shot. So the people in the West will see we don't tolerate corruption. And we're going to have it more or less transparent here economically. So factory owners in America will think, hey, why can't we produce in China? And at the same time, because we're a nuclear power, we can deal with weaker presidents and get them to, to give the okay to more and more business in China. And they'll think, well, it's better than going towards war with China. Yeah, they can become trade partners of ours. And we can convince them, the dumb Americans, even dumb American leaders, we can convince them that's good because now we're not heading towards war. We're heading towards international uh, economic relations and so everybody profits, right? The Chinese make more money, and so we can raise our economic level, and the Americans get cheap goods. And that's going to seduce the American public because Americans are dumb. They don't think long term. They just think, wow, to get a battery from my watch, I used to have to pay $4, and now I can get one for a dollar. Isn't that fine? Or, wow, I used to have to pay the equivalent of, say, $15 for a dumb t-shirt, and now I can get one for $5. Isn't that great? You see? Or, wow, if I got a computer in the U.S., it might cost $2,000, but I can get one Chinese-made and it only costs $800. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Don't you love the way they, they have taken over the, the word awesome for things that really aren't awesome at all? But you see what I mean? Give people things more cheaply and they'll be blinded because of their greed. They want to buy more useless junk or more useful stuff. And if they get it cheaper, they think, well, that's great that factories go to China. Huh? But what does that do to America's whole? It weakens the economy. Don't you see? Millions of factory workers are out of work. Oh, did I say out of work? No. Millions of Chinese factory workers are now in existence. They're producing like you wouldn't believe. So our factory workers, or our workers used to work in the field now, they work in factories, a lot of them. Isn't that great for China? We're producing, we're getting richer. But in America, they're getting poorer. And the more out-of-work factory workers you have, oh, yeah, sure, you might have a president like George W. Bush who said when he was in office, yes, I know many factory jobs have been lost, but hey, the government's going to pay some money. Uh, we're going to give money for re-education so some of these out-of-work factory workers can learn things like computer programming and then they can get good jobs. <laughs> and of course, we in Communist China, we laugh. This George W., okay, we know he wasn't as dumb as Democrats were saying. But let's face it, the guy was pretty dumb. Does he really think, did he really think that a factory worker, you know, a typical factory worker, say 40 years old, 42, 45, when he was in high school, he didn't want to go to college. He wasn't the type that got the best marks. He didn't want to study a lot of math. He wanted to follow in his father's footsteps, work in a factory. Hey, it's a decent job. And because of union benefits, you get good pay, good benefits. And he, he didn't mind working in a factory. But do you think at the age of 42, he can give up his factory job, go back to some college, get a degree in computer programming, in other words, competing with the whiz kids that are 20 years old and made programs since they were seven or eight, and actually find a job by the time he's 45, 46. Do you really think that? No, it's not going to happen. What is going to happen is the government's going to pay billions of dollars for these programs to re-educate these people, and it's going to be money down the drain. But what does that do? That weakens the American economy. Now you're catching on. 
aren't you, my Chinese communist friend? Because I'm one now, we're back into the game, right? Now you're catching on, anything that weakens America is good for us. But let's take it a little further. We have to infiltrate the news media. Yes, New York Times, how can we do that? Oh, I have an idea. You know what we can do? Newspapers are going downhill because of internet, but they want to survive. So you know what we can do, my Chinese communist friend? At some time in the future, we're gonna offer them millions to put inserts in a paper, like extra newspaper pages, even full color, so they're attractive. We're gonna pay them millions to do that. But in the paper, of course, they're gonna insist we put in small print financed by the Chinese Communist Party, but who's gonna notice that? And then we have all these articles about how, thing, how great things are in China. That China is prospering, that China is, uh, is rising technologically, and China works on human rights, and China wants the best for the world, and we want to cooperate with the entire world, all the Chinese propaganda, and they're gonna put it in the New York Times. You might say in 19, oh, they're not gonna do that, but guess what? They did that. They do that in the New York Times. It's been reported on in Fox News, and they showed it. And these nice inserts, yes, yeah, sure, it says they're someplace financed by Chinese government, you know. And so you can read about it, and all positive, it's all China, China, you won't read any organ harvesting articles there. Oh my God, you won't read that. No, no. No, no. And if the organ harvesting theme gets too public, they'll have something saying this is only anti-Chinese government propaganda sponsored by Taiwan, right? That's not really, they have no right to exist anyway, right? You have your propaganda campaign against those people. You prefer not to mention the subject because then maybe even more investigators will dig more deeply into it and they'll see that we Chinese communists are total criminals. We don't want that now. No, you put nice, pleasant articles there. And yes, they're actually doing that. In addition, you make deals like with Bloomberg TV, with CNN, so they can show you know, their programs in China and make millions and millions and millions to the point where even somebody like Michael Bloomberg said openly to a reporter a couple of years ago when she asked, well, why don't you ever say anything about China? He said, well, you know, China has its laws. And one of the laws is you can't criticize the government. And so we respect their laws. <laughs> now, 30 years ago, you, my Chinese communist partner, might say, oh, we could never get a Michael Bloomberg to say something like that. I say, oh, just wait, we will. Because he wants to make a whole lot of money there. We're going to have him in our pocket. Besides, oh, who knows, maybe some... <laughs> We'll send him Fang Fang 3 or 4. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? But he's not going to criticize us. And so everything at his news channel. Oh, there's one country is going to criticize again and again and again. CNN as well. That evil Russia with that devil Vladimir Putin. Oh, no, because the last thing we want as Chinese communists, believe me, the last thing we want is for Russia and America to team up. My God, we don't want the, the, the world's two strongest nuclear powers to be teamed up. Oh no, we don't want that. We have to separate them. So in the American media, we have to portray Russia and Putin especially. This is the great enemy of America. And you say, well, God, after, oh, did I say God? Sorry. Mao. <laughs> after the fall of, of, of the communists in, in China, and you know, Putin, he's really, he's not, a com he's not a, an atheist. And he's not really a communist. This guy is an Orthodox Christian. So he doesn't love atheists. You know, how are we going to portray him as so, being so evil? It's easy. We just say, look, he used to be in the KJB. Never mind the fact that he left the KJB when the communists were still in power because he saw that they wanted to take down Gorbachev and he was, for, he was for all these changes in Russia, actually. Let's not mention this. Let's just associate him with the KJB, with communism, and make him look like the old enemy in the American press. You see what I mean? We can pay off news reporters either directly 
or we sponsor information tours of China. And we invite all these, these reporters. They get free five-star hotels and they get free tours and buses and planes and they get free meals and everything uh, just so they know more about China, right? Uh, God, we, I hope they don't see the concentration camps we have where we throw in Uyghurs. Oh no, they're not going to go to those areas, my friend. Oh no, of course not. We'll take them to nice, beautiful places and, and give them the, the tourist routine and then put them up in five-star hotels. And then you say, my Chinese communist partner friend, hey, guess what? We could also put some secret cameras in their hotel rooms and send Fang Fang four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten into their rooms, and then we have some real dirt on them. Imagine if it's an Anderson Cooper, for example, or whoever uh, just happens to have a, a partner, whether gay or straight, and we have the goods on them. We have all these videos of them. Imagine what they look. Oh yes, now you're catching one. That's the sort of thing we do. Now, did the American press find out those things with reporters? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they didn't find out yet. But of course, we would plan to do that because we're Chinese communists and we're very intelligent and we're logical we're re and we know all the tricks in the book. We've written those books. We don't just know all the tricks in the book. We have authored those books because we're total experts in three pillars. Three pillars are very important. Propaganda, infiltration, and ultimately subversion. The fourth pillar being total takeover, right? So, other things in the culture, the family structure. Let's do things to weaken the family structure. Let's get parents to be ratted on by their kids, eventually. Religion is the great enemy. Karl Marx was against it. Lenin was against it. Stalin was against it. Mao was against it. Communists are always against religion. Anything we can do to weaken religion, we portray religious people as some kind of total fools and idiots. Oh, how can they believe in oh, Jesus Christ and the Trinity and, and whatever the dumb things they believe in? And let's go further. Most Christians are not extremists, but let's accent the extremist thing, like the flat earthers and these weirdos. And let, when we talk about religion, let's stress those people, the people that are extremists, to make all religious people look dumb. Hey, that's a good idea, you say. We can do that too. Yeah, we can do it through the media. Let's see to it that we get more and more media in, people in that are to the left and that are atheists. Even if they're not communists, they'll be the useful idiots working for us. And let them criticize religious people wherever they can and however they can. And always stress the extreme religious people so that all religious people look dumb. Hey, that's a good trick. I say, of course, we're communists. We know all the good tricks. Then other things. Criminal rights. Hey, what do you mean criminal rights? We in communist China, we deal with criminals very strictly. Yes, we do. But don't you see? We have to get them to be lenient on criminals. Because the more criminals that are running around free, the weaker their society. It's all about weakening America. Don't you see? So what we do is we get certain, certain people to finance leftists to run for like judges, district attorneys, so they let the criminals off more easily. So that even if they have great riots in America, we're planning that for the future, but the criminals be arrested and they'll be let, let off a couple of hours later, if they're arrested at all. Yeah, but suppose, suppose some of the protesters just happen to be right-wing. Oh, they're not going to get out of jail. No, we see to it that they stay in jail. Hey, look, my friend, back in 2020, 2021, look what's happening. How the, how the people, the Trumpers that were arrested, a lot of them are still in jail. But Antifa people, they're let out right away. You see how this works? Why? Because you have, for example, 
in seven American cities, we had this mass violence every night for four months last summer. The district attorneys there had their campaigns financed by this great one world government, new world order leftist George Soros. Ah, you see, we communists, we, we collaborate with people like that. Now, maybe that George is so dumb he thinks when America breaks down, the fascists can take over. We'll deal with him later. As for now, we can team up with him because we want to bring down American traditionalism that's, that's at the heart of American democracy and American history. That's another thing. Always, always, always. You want to bring down a country by weakening? Destroy its history. Because every country has its heroes. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Martin Luther King. Every country has its heroes. Destroy those heroes. I destroy Martin Luther King. That's not going to go. No, let's not mention Martin Luther King because he was for peaceful resistance. We don't want peaceful resistance. We want riots out in the streets. Well, we're going to criticize Martin Luther King. No, we're, once again, we're not going to criticize Martin Luther King because some blacks will get mad at that. So we just don't mention Martin Luther King. We don't mention him because he was a good guy. That is, he was really an, one of our enemies. They, J. Edgar Hoover thought he was a communist. He found no evidence for it. He wasn't a communist. No, he was, he was for peace. He was for peaceful change. And we don't want him. But we don't criticize him because then we'll look bad, right? But we criticize George Washington. Hey, he had slaves. Thomas Jefferson, he's slaves. But Abraham Lincoln, but he freed the slaves. No, no, but we put it another way. We mentioned other things in his past. Sure, he freed the slaves, but at one point he said, well, maybe the blacks would be shipped back to Africa. Maybe that's the best solution. And so that makes him look like a racist, so that's the kind of thing we're going to say. But we have to get these statues toppled. And we get our, our agents there to, to get the people we'd be violent, to go there and start tearing down statues. And we have to change the history books. Oh, we have to change that. No more of this... Uh, constitutionalism and George Washington and, and be proud to be an American. No more of that. No, we have to point out the flaws of America. How they slaughtered so many Native Americans, for example. Oh, we have to point that out. And black slavery, black slavery, but black slavery ended so long ago and blacks have raised, God, there was even a black president. Yeah, 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 right. We had him in our pocket, didn't we now? But let's not reveal too much yet. Uh, let's not talk about that guy. Uh, we, we have to have our secrets, right? But after all, sure, the, the, Condoleezza Rice worked on the bush. Yes, yeah, she was black, and there's so many black. Hey, uh, even one black on the Supreme Court. But let, let's not talk about. It. Let's just stress: you blacks used to be slaves. Used to be slaves. Used to get reparations. Reparations? What are you talking about? You, my Chinese communist friend in 1990, <laughs> uh, says, "Wait a minute, reparations? But they're not slaves anymore. They even rise to be president." No, no. But don't you see? We make the the white liberals feel so guilty and we get them to to approve these reparations like i don't know 10 15 thousand bucks to every black in america well why would we do that i get it you say that's going to weaken the economy yes exactly and not only is it going to weaken the american economy even further it's going to get a lot of other people like whites hispanics uh, or, uh orientals you know asian americans gonna get them angry because the asian americans say hey wait a minute we first came a lot of our people were oppressed too building the railroads for slave wages. And why don't we get reparations? Hey, maybe we get them reparations too. That's a good idea. That will weaken the economy even more. And then the whites will get mad and the Hispanics will get mad, etc., etc. Don't you see? Anything to weaken the economy is good for us communists. And anything 
to create more division in America is e almost even better for us communists. So division, division, black and white, Democrat, Republican, left and right in general, uh, men and women, straight people, gay people, or straight people, gay, lesbians, bi, trans, whatever people. Division, 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 divide and conquer. Because I say, even as a communist, I know my history, I know you're the great leader Abraham Lincoln. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Therefore, to take down America, we must divide it against itself on every single level. Even within parties. Democratic Party. Ideally, I'm saying in 1990, ideally the Democratic Party would, would split up at least in two. It would be more traditional Democrats and, and, and then real leftist progressive Democrats. Maybe even three groups. Maybe some that are traditional old-fashioned type Democrats, like an Adlai Stevenson, honorable man. But then you'd have other Democrats uh, that are more, well, more like Democrats, like say Bill Clinton variety, uh, but even a little more left than that. And then you have other Democrats that are really left-wing. Because then they're going to be fighting amongst themselves. Republicans, you're going to have two groups. Hey, looking into the future in our crystal ball from 1990 to 2020, what do we have? Republican Party, totally split up. The rhinos, Republicans in name only. And the Trump supporters, total split in the Republican Party. So now, not only do we have to split Democrat-Republican, we have splits within the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. We have splits between the populace that's largely for populist thinkers, and that could be a Trump or a Bernie Sanders. Another could be a populist leftist or a populist rightist. And you and I know as Chinese communists, this whole left and right concept, it kind of has already broken down in America anyway. It's more like, and that's another polarity here, the people against the powers that are controlling the people in general. You see, you see how this works. The powers that are controlling most Republicans and Democrats and the deep state and the news media, as opposed to the people and what's good for the people, all types of people, whether rich people or the poorest people. It's the powers that be, so to speak, of all sorts, big tech, certain huge industries, politicians, deep state, medical pharmaceutical industry, all those that are profiting from the people and the people that are kept in ignorance. That's one of the big divides. But then you take any part of that, like Congress, Democratic, Republican, first divide, splits within the Democratic Party, splits within the Republican Party, splits all over the place. Divide, 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 and conquer, conquer, conquer. You see how this works. And the beneficiary of all of this is the Chinese Communist Party. And all other powers, even fascists, that might think, just like 20s and 30s, early 30s in Germany, the communists don't want to see chaos in America and division in America, and the fascists don't want the same thing. Who's going to win in the end? Well, we'll see. But first things first. First, we take down American democracy. We make America weak, weak, weak. Hey, here's one for you. Let's talk about global warming because the, the, the temperature is going up. But then the other communist says, oh, wait a minute, though, if I, I know something about meteorology and history, and the truth is we always had phases. Some centuries were colder, some warmer. Yeah, yeah, but we can turn this into a political agenda. Don't you see? Well, why would we do that? Well, don't you see? Now, we don't follow these things. We don't clean up our act with our factories. Our factories may be dirtiest in the world, but we control our country. 
but we get the Americans to feel bad because because of the, the pollution and all that. And we say, hey, this is going to destroy the world, global warming. We're going to all burn to a crisp in a hundred years. Well, that's not going to happen, the other communist says. But the first one says, well, we'll, we'll pretend that it's going to happen. And or people in the media, they're going to be propagating this all the time. Okay, after a certain number of years, they saw, well, it's not getting hot enough, fast enough. Let's just call it climate change. Because then even if it gets colder instead of hotter, we're still on the same track, right? And the goal is to get more regulations and factories to clean up. They have perfectly clean factories. Well, Jesus, you're a communist. That sounds kind of positive. But don't you see? That's going to cost Americans billions and billions. Instead of producing products, no, the price of the products goes up and up. They're producing less and less. Therefore, America is becoming, and Communist 2 says, ah, weaker and weaker. Yes, exactly. It's about weakening America. Oh, but there are other weapons we have in our arsenal. And I know this is a long podcast, but I hope it's being informative to you. Even if this is two hours, listen to it in parts. Immigration. Immigration, yes, south of the border. The borders were largely open, right? God, the number of immigrants pouring in. But let's see to it that even more pour in. Well, why do we want to do that? That could get really chaotic. Oh, I see. If America gets more chaotic, it becomes weaker. Exactly. It becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. Why does it become weaker? Because you have millions and millions of poor people represented uh, demographically mostly by younger men. Right? If you look at the, the normal figures in a country, how many uh, people are, say, younger men, older men, young women, old women, etc., etc., you'll see that the, the age group 15 to, say, 40 among men, that's represented more than among other groups, younger people in general. Of course, crime-wise, what demographic in every country in the world, probably in all of history, has the highest crime? Men, look at the prisons, many more violent criminals that are males and females in every country in the world. Men, younger men, in other words, not 80-year-old men, and poor younger men. So we want to have in America as many poor younger men as possible because that's going to weaken America. It's going to lead to more crime. Uh, look at the black areas there. Who's committing the great majority of crimes? It's not older men. A lot of women too, but it's, not most, it's mostly poor younger men. And many of them are on drugs. So if we can get them to take drugs as well, that's perfect. And there are drug cartels based in, uh, uh, based in uh, Central South American countries. So they can bring in their drugs as well, right? Bingo. We have a lot of poor people, younger people, people that don't even write their own language well, let alone English. That's going to weaken society because then they have to pay even for language classes for these people, medical care for these people. You see, spend more and more money. The more money they spend, the weaker the American economy. You get it? This is how we work as communists. We are brilliant. I hope you admit it by now, dear listener. We communist Chinese are absolutely brilliant. We're geniuses. Of course, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. That is Chinese communists and, and communists in general in the past that have shown us the way how to weaken other countries. They've shown us it's necessary to defeat democracy and other systems of government. And it's necessary to do it either by force of arms, which we can't do yet because we're not strong enough, or by destroying them from within. And you see how well we're, we've been doing this, I hope. We've gotten Americans to demonize Russia because we don't want them teaming up with America. No, no, Putin's not really our friend. Sure, we have deals with him. 
because he knows he has to coexist with us because we're stronger than he is ultimately. If it's a land war, we're going to wipe him out. He can only keep us at bay with nuclear weapons. And so we don't attack him. But sooner or later, what, his 150 million people are going to face our 1.4 billion? No way. We'll beat him. We as Chinese, right? So immigration is, an, uh, is a big, big weapon in our arsenal to weaken America. Regulations and factories, as I said, the more regulations, the more money people have to spend, say, in their businesses to set up. Uh, oh, I wanted to produce more product. Oh, I can't because this month I have, to, I have to install transgender bathrooms. Oh, damn, that's going to cost thousands more. And maybe can't, work can't go in in that area. And oh, no. Uh, well, I have to do it because it's a regulation. You see, regulations are good. And that damn Trump then later comes into power and wants to deregulate us. Oh, we boy, how we hated Trump. We Chinese communists. Now jumping into the future, Chinese communists 2021, right? You see how they work? Or you see how we work, Chinese communists? Food and nutrition. Hey, Americans, obese Americans, great. Because the fatter they are, the slower they can run. The fatter they are, the sicker they are. The sicker they are, the more they have to spend on health care. The sicker they are, the less effective it would be as soldiers, right? So yeah, we'd like to see a whole bunch of fattened Americans eating badly, uh, uh, sugar addicted, because that weakens the country, doesn't it now? You see how they work? And even in little things, porn. Porn, you say? What? Yeah. I remember back in Germany, I lived in Germany for years, West Germany legalized hardcore porn in 1974, but East Germany never did. And when the wall fell, all the things, you know, 1989, 1990, reunification, you know what happened? When East Germany became part of United Germany, then finally the porn shops could open up in East Germany. They had long lines of people, men and women. They had never seen a porn shop because pornography was illegal. Now let me ask you, why in a communist country would they not be for pornography? Well, I can tell you why. Maybe after this talk, you understand why. Let me just ask you this. Does porn strengthen a country or weaken a country? Now, I believe in free speech, freedom of expression. I'm not going to say I'm the total anti-porn person. I'm not a you know, far-right religious person or whatever that for religious reasons uh, is against it. I'm not in that crowd. However, you think about porn. Now, not you. I know you wouldn't do such a thing. You, my list. Oh, no, of course not. You're not into such things like porn. But you know there are many people. Think of the average person when porn first came out on the Internet. Do you know why the Internet got so big so fast? And studies have shown this. Because of porn. Because people say, wow, buy a computer and I can see porn. I don't have to go to a shop or order things through the mail or something. I can see it just freely. That's, that was a big incentive for people to buy computers. That's how strong the sex drive is. And if you have a society where people are looking at porn, 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 these are hours that people are not working, they're not studying, they're not thinking of new ideas, they're not strengthening their family ties, they're dedicating themselves to pure pleasure. This is, and this is why communists did not have legal porn in their countries. This is why it was forbidden. This is why it was forbidden. Because they knew, remember, we communists are smart. Not like you fools in the way. You're so dumb. You're like sheep. You're so superficial. Something appears on CNN or Fox News, and oh, well, you totally believe it. Well, damn, Anderson Cooper said it must be true, or, or Kataka Kosa said it absolutely must be true. God, you're such fools. Now, if you were a bit smarter, you'd listen to 
to Vladimir Putin. Oh no, don't listen to him because he's our enemy. We're communist Chinese, remember? We don't like this guy. We've spent a lot of money convincing you Americans that he's your real enemy. Not us in China. We're the good guys, right? <laughs> we say with a smile. Uh, and who are those damn investigators that are ratting on us, telling about the concentration camps we have, how we take out people's organs, healthy people's organs, to sell them on the international market. We're going to silence those people sooner or later. They better have their bodyguards. They better hide away because we're going to get them. We don't want the truth to be known. No, we're the good guys in communist China. But that Vladimir Putin. But anyway, we grudgingly have to admit that guy is pretty smart. He knows what's going on in the world. And he once said, you want to know what's going on in the world? You look at different news sources, even small news sources, even ones that, 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 some, that others criticize and say, well, that's, that's weird, fanatical conspiracy. Look at different news sources. Look at the signs. Put the dots together. Think like a detective, and you'll know pretty, pretty much what's going on in the world. But we don't want think, people to think like that, we communist Chinese. We want to simplify things because the masses are generally dumb. Yes, many of the individuals in the masses are highly intelligent people. But do you realize, and let me let you in another communist Chinese secret, there's a difference between intelligence and wisdom. Oh yes, there are some highly intelligent people that are useful idiots. Highly intelligent people, they say, I have my good news sources. Well, I have CNN, New York Times, and Washington Post, and, and MSNBC, and so I don't have to look at anything else. <laughs> they don't even look at Fox News. And Fox News isn't totally the opposite side either. They don't even look at that. Oh, Fox, oh, they're all fascists in Fox News. Highly intelligent people sometimes say that. Why? Because they're highly intelligent, maybe. Maybe they're professors at universities, but they're fools. You can, be, you can be highly intelligent and still be a fool. Well, let me tell you, we Chinese communist strategists, we're not fools. We are highly intelligent, and I won't say we're exactly wise, because wisdom usually, to be honest, includes ideas like ethics. And we're not ethical, no. No, 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 no. Not, we, don't, we don't need ethics. We want to win. Any dirty trick is, is all right with us as long as we win in the end. As long as we can get away with it. So we don't want people to be piecing together the facts, looking at different sources. No, no, we want to listen to our sources. The Chinese media in China. Uh, we want CNN and and Bloomberg, not to criticize China, not to talk about organ harvesting. Oh my God, we don't want to talk about things like that. We don't want any criticism of our system. And we control a lot of people through bribes, through honeypot sorts of things, through money, just through money, the millions and millions we let go their way. Hey, the inserts in New York Times, remember? New York Times, oh, look at this pretty insert. Oh, look at this. They're, they're building new bridges in China. Oh, isn't China? Well, that's a, China might be the future. That's exactly what we want them to think. China is good, good, good. Russia is really, really bad. And America, any traditionalists, they're bad, they're bad. But now we get to enemy number one. His name is Donald J. Trump and how we hated that guy from the beginning. From the time he walked down that elevator and said he was going to run, we thought, uh-oh, because this fool had popular appeal. Do we just call him a fool? Well, he sure acts like it a lot of times and that's in our favor. On the other hand, he could capture a lot of masses with his boorish behavior. So that's bad for us. Remember, for us, it's only about what we need as Chinese communists. And we did not need a Donald J. Trump. Everything was going well. We had Clinton. We had George W. starting wars. Then we had Obama. Well, look what he did in Libya, brought down Libya. You know, they have the slave trade once again in Libya. 
Gaddafi had abolished the slave trade there. Did you know the slave trade is still alive and well in some countries? BLM won't tell you that because they're on our payroll. They're, they're trained Marxists. We trained them. You know, basically, we trained them. They're, they said they're trained Marxists, the leaders of, of BLM. Look it up. There's a video, one of them saying, yes, we're a trained Marxist. So, you know, they're on, our, they're on the good side. They're on our side. They're on the communist side. And so they're going to criticize any kind of human rights violation, especially white against black in America. But they're not going to criticize in other countries like Mauritania. Look at Mauritania, a country with less than 5 million people. Did you know they still have about 90,000 slaves there? Did you know slavery was only totally abolished in 2007, but that it's still going on because practically never prosecuted? Why doesn't BLM tell you that? Oh, because black lives don't really matter for them. All that matters is creating more division in America. You see how this works, my friends. We don't want to take down Mauritania. We don't give a damn if they have slaves in Mauritania. We don't care if they're raping women and even killing people, working people to death. We don't care because we're Chinese communists. Humans, we don't, humans don't have souls. We're all machines in the end. We're atheists, right? We know even we Chinese communists, we're atheists too. Okay, we might freeze ourselves so then wake us up in 100 years. Or maybe we can't, but so what? We're working for the cause. Everybody needs a cause. Everybody needs a meaning in life. Our cause is Chinese communism. And if we can't win in our lifetime, we're going to win it in our children's lifetime or in our grandchildren's lifetime. But we're going to win because we're Chinese communists and we're cleverer than you are. We're smarter than you are. We know all the tricks and you're so dumb you'll fall for anything. You'll fall for anything you see in your mainstream media. You'll fall for anything that your favorite politician says. Republican or Democrat and you think there's a huge difference. Oh my God, uh, maybe you're waking up with all these revelations. And you know why I'm making all these revelations? Ah, uh, no, but I'll tell you that in the end. Let's get back to our arch enemy, Donald J. Trump. Here we have somebody, first of all, he's a billionaire, so he can finance and part his own campaign, and he knows a lot of rich people, so he can get the money for a campaign, because American politics, you don't have access to money, and you're going to lose. True, Hillary had even more money from her sources. But then Trump had so, much, so many of the people behind him, little guys that worked in factories. And even uh, more blacks voted for him when this voter issue, I won't even talk about the voter fraud because we Chinese communists don't want to spill all the beans yet, do we now? Could it be connections to China itself? Well, I'm not going to, I won't get into that yet. That's a touchy, touchy topic. Let's see what the future brings. See if you can figure it out for yourself. See what your investigations uh, lead to there. But anyway, this fool, this Donald J. Trump, with all these people behind him because I saw his dumb show, The Apprentice. Going back to David Bolton in 2021, I hated that show. I saw it once. I, I never liked Trump, personally. Anyway, he can convince people because people noticed, hey, this guy is a patriot. He talks about the Constitution. He talks about making America great again. Oh my God, you know what I feel like right now as a Chinese communist? <laughs> you ever see a, a vampire movie? And when you're just about to bite into the smooth skin neck of that that beautiful well actress that beautiful victim you've just sneaked that's the correct past tense of of sneak by the way sneak sneaked sneaked it's not sneak snuck snuck but then we chinese communists we learn such good english we actually know english grammar better than many americans but that's another topic we're smart remember because we're asians right we're not one of these inferior races but don't worry inferior races you won't suffer that much longer because you know that we're already working on, and in secret we probably already have, I have to talk to my scientist friends, uh, certain viruses that can wipe out specific races. You know that, well, I won't get into that now. Uh, but one of our scientists spilled the beans on that on Chinese TV. Uh, yeah, but uh, 
uh, he's being punished as we speak. Anyway, one of these vampire films and Dracula sneaks in the room, you see this absolute beauty lying in bed and you see her shapely chest heaving as she breathes, breathes so smoothly in her pleasant dream. But then I hover over her bed, I, Dracula, and I'm about to bite into her neck and she opens her eyes in terror. And, but then she reaches over to her nightstand and pulls up a crucifix and holds it from my face and I back off. Oh my God, oh my God, it's terrible. I'm gonna melt away. I have to get out of there because it's a crucifix. Oh, we vampires can't stand crucifixes. Well, believe me, for a Chinese communist, they weren't using crucifix exactly, though many of the Trump supporters are religious, but yeah, many weren't religious, even atheists support Trump. Oh, but they had something worse than a crucifix. What did they have? MAGA! Make America great again! Oh my God! We've been working for decades, we Chinese communists, to weaken America. I think I've demonstrated that to you, the means we use. Everything from, from, you know, from not opposing porn to, to getting rid of religion to weakening the family structure, the lesbian gay thing, to, to, uh, to unions, to teachers unions. So you need your, your moles in there, you need your agents in there to turn the teachers to the left because then you're getting the kids when they're young. In American school books, it was pointed out on the news and Fox News, but it was, it was true. A few months ago, in some school books, newer school books, they're talking about the importance of BLM and how that's, they play a important role in society. Right, that's, I'll have to clap for that. Well, that's great. Get the kids when they're young. Turn them into leftists when they're young. Immigration, how that can weaken America. Demonizing Russia to keep them away from America because we don't want them to team up. Flooding the U.S. market with cheap goods to seduce the people with cheap goods, exactly. Attract all their factories to China. Go with the Green New Deal, global warming, uh, money, 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 trillions of dollars, because that's going to weaken the economy too. More regulations on businesses, that weakens their economy too. Immigration because you have more crime and it also weakens the economy as well, right? More rights for criminals. Let criminals out of jail, right? Because that weakens your society. That weakens your society, weakens your economy. It confuses people. It creates more division. Race, create division, division, division in all these areas. Division, 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 division. A house divided itself against itself cannot stand, right? Divide and conquer. Even the ancient Romans knew that, and we are Chinese communists, we know these things. But then this monster appears, this absolute monster, worse than any Dracula or wolf you imagine. And my God, the monster has orange hair, orange hair. Hey, no good Chinese has orange hair, except those freaks that dye the hair. And you know, our intelligence service, they follow those people. The ones that have a bunch of tattoos and they dye the hair orange in China, we suspect them of being dissidents. And you won't see many of those people. If they start acting up and taking drugs, well, they disappear into a concentration camp before you know it. Because we don't want that kind of weakening influence in our society, do we now? Oh no, we don't want that. But then this MAGA monster, this orange-haired fat devil comes along and, uh, hey, he scares us. Because what's he talking about? What was he talking about when he was running for president in 2016? Make America great again? That would ruin all of our plans, all, the, all of our concrete achievements, as I've demonstrated you one by one, over decades. We've been planning this for decades, we Chinese communists. And he comes along and wants to ruin it all. He wants the factories to come back to America. He don't, doesn't want them to leave America. What does that devil do? 
he imposes tariffs on Chinese goods. So that costs us billions of dollars. Our economy is getting weaker then. And the American economy is getting stronger. After decades of, of implementing this plan that we had, all these plans that have weakened America, everything we did was to weaken America. And now, uh, now all of a sudden, he crops up out of nowhere, coming down that elevator, and now he's going to run. And he's telling American factory workers, especially the ones out of work, I'm going to create work for you again. I'm going to slap some tariffs on Chinese goods so the factories don't leave the country. I'm going to make it attractive for American factories to come back to America. I'm going to make it more difficult for them to stay in China. I'm going to strengthen the American military so we're, so we're not going to become weaker than the Chinese or the Russians or anybody. We don't want him to do that. We have to take him down. So how do we do it? Well, thank Mao, I can't say thank God because I'm a communist, somebody might be listening, right? I'm a Chinese communist now speaking. Praise the Lord, Mao Zedong. We have been working for decades and we have our stooges in the media. And so now we start the campaign, anti-Trump, 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 anti-Trump. He was colluding with Russia because we have to divide America and Russia. And Trump was talking about having better relations with Russia. That's the last thing we want. Don't you understand now? divide those two countries. So now we're going to put out the Russian, uh, this Russian collusion hoax. In the end, oh, sure, it was a hoax. It was based on documents uh, by, well, look into the story. I mean, okay, th unfortunately, they, they couldn't prove it against Trump, even though they tried everything they possibly could with means legal and illegal to make it look like he w Trump was a criminal, and they couldn't do it after a three-year investigation. Unfortunately. Oh, but then we came up with another thing, that phone call to Ukraine. Of course, Biden did something 10 times worse. We won't mention that, of course, right? And, and we throw in maybe another supposed sex scandal from Trump's past that, that, that petered out after a week because it was so ridiculous. But anyway, that was back uh, when, I think the very beginning of 2020. But anyway, this Trump comes along and we have to, we cannot, okay, he's president once 2016 or 2017 on right from january and and we're suffering the chinese economy is is not growing as it should be then and america is getting stronger why by december 2019 they only had three and a half percent unemployment we don't want that we want 50 percent unemployment because or or at least 20 so democracy falls and we don't want it to get stronger and it was down to three and a half percent what can we do what can we do what can we do? Well, some plan has been in the making. Now talking about, you know, you say, my Chinese communist friend, there's a laboratory we have in Wuhan. Oh, yes, the Wuhan laboratory. And that's been financed uh, a bit indirectly by a Dr. Fauci in America. Oh, yeah, I know about that. I did hear about that. And we're working in this gain-of-function research to see how certain bat viruses could spread more amongst humans. Oh, yeah, I know that too. But from what I heard, it isn't all that dangerous. No, it is some, it's more dangerous than seasonal flu, from what I've heard you say. Well, we're not scientists, but from what I've heard, it's more than, but you know, it spreads really fast. Well, that could affect our people too. Well, yeah, but first of all, we have so many people. Some people died, really doesn't matter. Besides, we could have all kinds of strict laws. People can't even leave their houses. We can kind of contain it. And besides, we've been working secretly on some kind of vaccines. We, we wouldn't give that to the West, of course, but uh, there's, there's rumors even of that. Uh, but yeah, if we let this spread over the world and then we play it up through the media that this is like this is like another plague or at least like another Spanish flu of 100 years ago. We exaggerate the numbers and people are going to be absolutely terrified. 
we think the Americans would be terrified of that. After all, that was a people that used to be pioneers fighting against Indians, everything. Ah, no, but that was Americans in pioneer days. Now they're weak. They're fat. They have bad nutrition. They sit around for hours watching TV. And, and many more are atheists. Many have left religion. And now they'll be terrified by possibly dying from a great plague. We have them in our hands. They're going to be totally terrified, these people. And then we're going to have real unemployment there. But suppose Trump, suppose Trump wins the election because, well, well, what we first do is we put out these polls, these fake polls to say, look, it looks like Biden's going to win. But won't the people notice when they see, for example, that in the, the, the Biden rallies, sometimes only 12 people go while Trump's having like 15, 20,000 people? Won't the people notice? No, don't you see? Because Trump's such a hated figure, they're going to believe anything. And we've made him hated. What do you mean? What do you mean we've made it? Well, I mean with our media friends in America. What do you mean? He's just a hateful figure anyway, isn't he? Oh, don't you see? What do we know about any public figure, whether it's Putin, Mao? People only know what they see in the news, right? And if we control the news, then we control the whole narrative. My God, we could say that, that Homer Simpson is a, a Nazi. And if we say it often enough, people are going to believe, yep, Homer Simpson is a Nazi because people are dumb. And if they're used to watching, whether Fox or CNN, if they hear it all the time, they're going to believe it. Don't you see? Oh, yeah, that's right. I guess, I guess I'm not such a great Chinese communist as Chinese communist number two, because I guess I'm starting to not connect all the dots. Well, now you see how this works. All that you know about a great public or famous public figure is what you hear in the news. So if the news isn't totally objective, you have no idea what the person's really like. And so we're going to use that card against Trump. We're going to use it against him at every turn. In the news, we're not going to point out the good things he did, like, for example, keeping America out of wars, which other presidents didn't do, and doing everything he could to keep America out of wars, but strengthening the army, just like Friedrich Wilhelm, Frederick William I, look him up, father of Frederick the Great. He did exactly the same thing. He had the strongest military around, so nobody attacked him. But he said to his son, that was later to be called Frederick the Great, he said, my son, and those two didn't get along, Read the story, it's really interesting. He said, let me give you some advice before I die. Always have a very strong military, but do not go around attacking other countries because that'll be the ruin of, of, of Prussia. Unfortunately, son didn't follow that advice and Prussia almost fell. He almost lost big wars that he, that he got into that he started. Because, you know, well, I have this big army, why shouldn't I use it? No, Trump was following the example of Frederick Wilhelm I. In other words, you have a very strong army. He was building up the military. But you do not go around interfering in other countries' affairs, getting into wars. You have to have a strong military so nobody dares attack you. But you don't go into getting war. And that's what Trump did. For that alone, he should be considered a great president. But of course, the dumb people in America, many aren't going to believe it. Why? Because they hear, Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Trump is like Hitler. Trump is like Hitler. Trump is a friend of Putin and Putin is a communist. Never mind that he's not really a communist. Never mind that he's religious. We're not going to say that. People just believe what they hear on TV, and so we get many people to hate Trump. And if, and if we get a certain number to hate Trump, then, then they'll believe this election thing. Election thing, you say? Chinese communist friend number two, yeah, I can't reveal those plans to you quite yet, but we have a plan for the elections. Uh, that it, Let's say we're now in, what was it, September? Uh, 2020 before the election unfortunately that fool that puppet of ours we set up Joe Biden oh yeah that guy that his son we, we he got so much money from us yeah exactly he's totally in our pocket <laughs> but hey we just have to suppress that news before the election so many fools in America don't even realize it happened right uh, you know the connection between 
China, Chinese Communist Party, and Hunter Biden, and, and Joe Biden as well. We won't, we won't let that out of the bag, of course. We'll suppress that information for the, the election, which, of course, CNN dutifully did, uh, first of all. But you know that fool Biden, the guy has Alzheimer's, is obvious. You know what he said the other day, talking, I think it was September 2020, he actually said, we've put together the greatest election fraud system in history. So, oh yeah, I saw that. Oh my God, how could he, re how could he let the cat out of the bag? Well, you know, they'll just say it's another Biden gaffe or, you know, whatever. But we know what it really is. Since the guy's Alzheimer's, every once in a while, he actually does tell the truth. Uh, yeah, but, but you know what I think is Chinese communist strategist number two. I think American people are so dumb that they'll just, oh, well, he had a slip and okay. But, and he might have Alzheimer's, but he's better than that dumb Trump because Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Like Hitler said, you, you tell something a thousand times and, and people are just going to believe it, even if it's false. Yeah, that's because communist Chinese strategist number one says, yeah, that's because Americans understand nothing of mind control. You think they would because of their MK Ultra thing, the CIA plan. You'd think they'd know about mind control techniques, but the average person has better things to do. And you, Chinese communist strategist number two, laughs and says, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's, you know, they have better things to do, like go into Facebook and put up pictures of pretty girls and people eating pizzas. <laughs> and you both laugh because you both are Chinese communist strategists. You are really intelligent, aren't you now? You are intelligent. You are clever. You are demonically clever. You have no ethics. And you know the one thing you want to do is win. And to do that, you must bring down America. And now, I hope you have a better idea of what's been happening in America in the last few decades. They can say, oh, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> use your mind, my friends. Use your mind. Every single thing I mentioned, it's going all in one direction. It's going in the direction of chaos in America. Chaos in America. Chaos is always the final station of democracy. Anytime in history, read your history. And when democracy falls to chaos, dictatorship surges forth. It could be dictatorship of the so-called left or the right. In any case, it's totalitarian. Their forces today Chinese Communist Party, they want to win this big war. They want to take over the world. But there are other forces, I believe, that are more of the what we call fascist variety. They want to take over the world. Those two groups would fight it out afterwards if democracy falls. Now I think they're colluding, collaborating, just to get democracy in America to fall. Because then it's like a, 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 a low-hanging fruit. You have two people that want to grab the one low-hanging beautiful apple. But it's not low-hanging enough. And no matter how much they jump, they can't get that beautiful apple. So what do they do? They shake the tree. They try to, they, they shake the tree. They start to do everything they can to destroy the tree. So the tree gets weaker and kind of sags over in their direction. And then that low-hanging, beautiful apple is within reach. And then they fight it out among, between themselves, right? That's what it is. Meanwhile, any patriots want to strengthen the very trunk of that tree. They want to keep their tree as strong as possible. But the other two forces, Chinese communism and potential fascism, they want to weaken that tree. You, you get what this is all about, right? They want to weaken that tree of patriotism. They want to weaken the tree of patriotism and the tree of liberty. And what did Thomas Jefferson say famously about that tree of liberty? The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time 
with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Now Chinese communists want to take over the country without a hot war. But that doesn't mean that no blood will be shed. In the end, it will be. If they manage to take over, a whole lot of blood's going to be shed. And to keep that from happening, some blood is being shed now, although it's not so obvious how this is being done. That would be the subject of another podcast. I hope this has opened your eyes. If you think all of this is coincidence, you know nothing about probability. Once again, if you think everything that I've said here is all coincidence of the last decades and how the country is going further and further to the left, to the left, to the left, weakening, 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 economic weakening, of, of, I could say demographic weakening, the weakening through more drugs, the weakening from the economy, factories going to China. If you think all of these things that I mentioned are just coincidence, you know nothing about probability. There was a plan behind this, and the communists wrote about these plans back in the 1930s, how to weaken a society. But if you don't read books, if you spend too much time on Facebook, well, then you don't know these things. I know these things. Listen. Inform yourself. All of these things I've said, what a great coincidence would be if everything, just by coincidence, is like, no, no, it's not coincidence. It's part of a plan. There are many in America that are working for leftist causes, and they're not Chinese communists. They're not bad people. These are called useful idiots. Lenin called them useful idiots. They're working to pull the country further and further and further towards the left. And some of them don't even realize what the, what the final game's going to be, what the final station's going to be, how America's going to fall, how democracy will fall, how liberty will fall, and the country will be taken over by extremist forces. Most likely communism could also be fascism, but it's the same thing in the end. It could be totalitarianism. And they're working towards certain goals and not realizing where it's going to lead. For America to be strong, for America to be strong, this tree of patriotism, the Constitution, the tree of liberty, must be kept strong. Our American traditions, sure, there are crimes in America's past. And we should criticize those crimes. But we should stress the high ideals of the forefathers. We should make traditional American values the subject of every history course in America. And we should not be tearing them down. You see what I mean? Yes, we should and must make America great again. Because if we don't do it, America is going to be lost. Oh yeah, it might still be called America. But to get an idea of what it might look like, look, look at that Amazon uh, TV show. Uh, let me look. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, some, one of you can help me here. Why, thank you, invisible listener. You told me. It's called, <laughs> his name is Google. A man, the Man in the High Castle. Right? The Man in the High Castle. Watch that series. It's a fictional kind of fantasy series where the Nazis and Japanese won at World War II. And so they divided America. Half of it's Nazi, ruled by the Germans. Half of it's the Western part is ruled by the Japanese. Watch that entire series. It was still called America. I forget the names they gave the sections of America. There was a neutral land in between, like Rocky Mountains or something. 
what happened there? Japanese on the West Coast, Nazis on the East Coast. But then they were planning, the Nazis planning a war to wipe out the Japanese. That's what would happen here. If the communists take over America, there's going to be a war from more fascist forces to take, to take over the country from them, or the other way around. Now I think they're collaborating. And you think, well, that can't happen. David, you must be half crazy. Look at history. If you seriously think that any country, especially a democracy, but really any system, you really think it could go on for a thousand years, then you're as crazy as Hitler, who was talking about his thousand-year empire. Das tausendjährige Reich. Oh, we're going to be around for a thousand years. Well, it was 12 years. The American empire was longer. That's true. Democracies can be very resilient. But if you don't notice the decline in democracy, the weakening of democracy over the last decades, then uh, either you're too young and you don't read history or you're an old fool that never read history and you just aren't seeing things the way they are. No system, especially no democracy, is going to go on for a thousand years. And even if America is made great again, the danger is, it has not disappeared. I'll get into that in future podcasts. But in any case, and whether with Trump or without Trump, it doesn't matter because Trump's old anyway. You know, he's going to kick the bucket uh, before all too long, I imagine. Uh, I'm sure there's some forces that would like him to have died years ago. And I'm sure they have a list of plots on their table how they can get rid of him. These things are going to come out in the future anyway. I mean, his life's been in danger for quite some time. As is the life of almost any U.S. president, but Trump's life much, much more. But it doesn't matter if Trump comes back as president or not. Uh, we won't get into that subject now. But things have to change and change drastically in America. And America has to be put back on the right path. And making America great again is really the only hope for world democracy. Once again, I did not say Trump. I said making America great again and stopping the weakening of America that has been going on for decades. And I hope I've demonstrated that to you today. If not, listen to it again and again and again as long as it is. If you're a teacher, maybe you want to play this in your class 15, 20 minutes a day. Play this for your students and then talk about it. Good way to get into history. I've just explained to you how to weaken a country, how to take over a country without using military might by having a long-term plan to weaken every aspect of the enemy country society, of their economy, of their demographics, of their families, of their religion, of their history, how to weaken it, how to get control of certain institutions such as the media, such as unions, teachers' unions, political parties, how to divide, divide, divide on all levels, divide more and more Democrats and Republicans, and then divide within the parties, divide the political class from the people, divide and conquer, because a house divided against itself cannot stand. And you as a Chinese communist would know this every bit as well as Abraham Lincoln knew it. Because you're not a fool that says, oh, he's Abraham Lincoln, he's an enemy because he likes democracy. Not like these fools in America that don't even listen to the enemy. Listen to your enemy also. You can learn a lot by listening to the enemy. Read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Do you know that Trump for years and years has been a, a student of the art of war? He studied that book, and the Chinese communists have read it too. And that's why Donald J. Trump was an adversary that scared and still does scare them. 
because he knows their tricks. And he dedicated his later life into making America great again. And just as the crucifix terrifies a vampire, a MAGA hat terrifies the communist Chinese, especially when there are tens of millions of people wearing them. This is not about Trump. I could make an MP3 or criticizing Trump. There are things about Trump to criticize. But the idea of making America great again, this is what the extreme left and the extreme right, both of them do not want this. They want to weaken America because they want to destroy America. Because as long as America is the great beacon of freedom and democracy in the world, democracy cannot be conquered in the world. Therefore, America, for any totalitarian, remember the coin, one side communism, one side fascism, it's the same thing. It's totalitarianism. And totalitarians hate democracy. They hate liberty. They hate the people having freedom. And so they will even work together to take that down. America, what America has always meant to the people that wanted to enter America, that wanted freedom, that were escaping from these totalitarian systems. America as a strong constitutional republic that, yes, has democratic elements in it, democracy, well, you know, America is really a republic, but it has democratic elements. We vote for our representatives. And that's something that totalitarians do not want because there the party must rule. The one world government, well, that's a nice tool as well. Think about that. I'm going to talk about that another. Who does that benefit? That doesn't benefit America. That benefits the totalitarians. Because if you have one world government, all you have to do is be sure you're in control of that government or you take control or you seize control and then you dominate the entire world. I'll talk about that, that hogwash of the, of the one world government, the new world order in, a, in another uh, podcast. But for now, remember, America must be made great again if you value liberty and you value ideas like the, that, like the democracy that we have, the republic we have. If you value that, if you want to keep your liberty, then you better be in favor of making America great again. And then you think about all the things we're seeing now. Which actions by our politicians are weakening America and which are making America stronger again? Because that's what it's about. And Chinese communists know this very well. And they've been working for decades to take us down very slowly, but very surely. And if you don't see this, don't waste any time on Facebook. Read history. Examine every single thing I've said and see, put it all together. And you'll see that if you, take, if you have a hundred pieces of a puzzle and you think, oh, that's just all random pieces of many different puzzles, but you put them all together and it forms one picture, you can be pretty sure all those pieces belong to the same puzzle. Think about it. Think like a detective. Analyze. Put aside your prejudices. Think objectively. Study. Forget your stupid hatreds for this politician, that politician. It's not about that. It's about seeing the things from a 30,000 feet in the air perspective. Because this way of thinking, analyzing, thinking clearly, not letting your prejudices creep in, looking at the facts, looking at things in a multi-layered way. What is now? What was five years? What was 10 years ago? Uh, the, the forces that are against America, what have they been planning? Read what they've written many decades ago. Putting all the facts together, studying the present situation, 
and then making your judgment. These are all factors that are used by all who are on the path of Socrates. I wish you a fine day or night wherever you are, and till the next podcast. Bye now.